Hello. Well, hello. That that delay, woman. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot that I actually have to say hello. I was distracted. <laughs> I'm glad the roles are back for our madman AU, where I'm back to being the exasperated <laughs> martini drunk husband. Yeah, yeah. It's a better role for you than for me. Welcome to the Yowie Shelf. Grab a seat. Welcome! And relax. Uh, Guys, listen. We have been excited about this episode since we uh, started working on it. It has been the machinations of our desperate Fujin brains for several, several several months. Several Uh, minutes. (laughs) Several minutes. It's been a long week over here. Uh, but we're so glad to have Sam here on the show. Yay! Welcome, here. Sam. Uh, Thank you. This is literally something that we've wanted forever, longer than several minutes, more like several months, honestly. <laughs> one of the first things that was on Corona and I's docket for things that we want to do for the show. And there doesn't seem like there's a better time now than to talk about this thing that Corolla and I have nipped at the heels at for a while. But as we said... We are not experts. We do not know how to talk about this without it just being several uh, pained hours of Fujin screeching. So we're calling in the experts. Uh, I am so excited to talk about purity culture and the death of media literacy with Sam of the Fujosi Database, academic researcher extraordinaire and overall patron saint of all Fujin kind. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a long time too. Uh, Yay! We're thrilled. Uh, you know, our audience knows who you are because we talk about you literally all the time. But for our extended <laughs> audience, that yeah, I don't like the way that hit my ear. Yes. Would you like to tell our extended listeners a little bit about yourself and your brave? very necessary work during these dark and dreary times. Thank you. Um, Because, yeah, sometimes it does feel like everything's just a little like, you know, this is kind of silly, but it's serious, but it shouldn't have to be serious. So we just got to do what we got to (laughs) do. But, yes, I'm Sam. Um, I started doing this research around 2019, things started to kind of really hit hard around then, particularly like my own social circle. It's usually how it happens. You're like, I would usually, you know, you grew up avoiding fandom drama, at least when we did. So it's just kind of like, well, I just have to keep avoiding this, you know, and go on about my life until you can't anymore. And then it's your problem. But um, I primarily just started looking for the roots of issues because I just wanted to understand what's going on why is this happening who's really driving it all you know because a lot of people just say oh this came out of nowhere this just came out of nowhere you know and understanding the core issues of things and over that time i've pretty much just built up a goal of like rectifying misconceptions and misinformation about asian pulp culture media and prejudice in online communities um and while that's extremely wide-reaching, I, I largely focus on, like, BL, anime, and, like, issues with anti-Asian racism, particularly, like, you know, in fandom culture, 
mm-hmm. because those are such big sources of fandom, you know. Well, and it's always so fascinating because, like, I know I've brought up, like, anti-Asian sentiment on the show before. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, it feels like, what are you guys doing? Like, you can't bash the country that this is coming from. The whole country. Oh, but they can. I mean, yeah, the but entire- they can. And they have for decades. Yeah, and the entire, not only the country, but all of Asia. Like, all, all of, those, of Asia. All, yeah. all the Asian degenerates. Those were their, yeah. their words, not mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah and like it's, that's what it gets it especially weird because you know when you look at things in the past like growing up it could be kind of 50 50 what you'd get as an artist because like i'm professionally i'm an artist and i went to art school even every all of that and so like when i was in like middle school high school mm-hmm. like one of the discourses in art was just like oh anime isn't you know that's cheap it's not good it's not worth it you know that's not art yeah and but in this case you know fast forward like between 10 to 20 years later and it's like people are fans of it they worship it they Mm -hmm. live it and embody it but they're just like those people are child predators and it's disgusting anyway i love one piece you know And it's like <laughs> it's always it's always something super basic like One Piece and like not to diss One Piece. Just kidding, to fully diss One Piece. Uh, <laughs> Curl, have you forgotten who I am? There's oh, a pattern. No. I mean, you you there's a pattern. And you're uh, like, please become self-aware. Oh, yeah, I mean I when you talk about not wanting to support abusers and then you watch One Piece, but you know, we don't support mm-hmm. fictional abusers here. <laughs> we just support real life ones yay we. No, but, <laughs> you know that th- that that is you know there's a huge difference because fiction affects reality and mm-hmm. fictional characters Real- can be yeah but, uh, i don't yeah, like, have- No, reality is what i want it to be yes and so <laughs> that's my <laughs> easy out that's my loophole so right so when adro oda is like this pedo is totally fine yeah, go rag on My Hero Academia for some reason. Anyways, we could be here all day. So, yeah, <laughs> we could be here all day. We gotta focus. We could be here all day with me being shady because I am painted to the gods. Uh, let's start with the question that brought us all together. And something that, again, Curl and I have nipped at the heels at. But, you know, again, this is not our expertise. Willingly, this is not our expertise because we would become like Indiana Jones, like just hermits digging in like caves. Yeah. So we have intentionally tried to keep this out of our foray as much as possible, which is why we called in Sam. What is. You you called me the hermit who's digging in caves. Yeah. Like we're just shoving you you ahead of of us as a shield. Okay. Yes, but we, but you're much better at it than we are. Yeah, honestly, we you. would be canceled immediately for just yelling at a child. <laughs> you would at least try to like approach them and treat them with humanity, and I would be full like BL Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, I'd be full, like, I'd be BL Joe Rogan just clipped out of context. Oh my god! So, oh my this god! Is why we called it an expert. 
what is purity culture in relation to particularly BL fandom? Okay, let's see. Well, to start off with just a very brief definition of purity culture, it's very much rooted in like evangelical Christianity. Yeah. So, and and the main thing about it is that the core thing about it is that it takes a strict stance on sexual purity, mm-hmm. and like it very much normalizes policing people's bodies, sexual agencies, and promoting shame as a response to pleasure, you know, and in, in way, other ways also it enables rape culture because it focuses on how the victims themselves, you know, brought it upon themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, even in, even in just like promoting abuse culture where it's like, well, you like bad things. So bad things are going to happen to you or bad things have happened to you because you weren't good enough, you know, um, and fast forwarding to BL culture, mm-hmm. um, my most recent paper that I'm hoping will come out any day now, it's one yeah. of those publishing things where yeah. they're just like, it could come out like early next month and it could be like two more months. You're like, ah! like every morning you wake up, like checking the page. Uh-huh. But, um, the title of that piece is the influence of transphobia, homonationalism, and anti-Asian prejudice, anti-BL attitudes in English-speaking fandom. And the primary focus that I have on how purity culture affects um, BL fandom specifically mm-hmm. is how, how they take those purity culture aspects and just apply it without realizing how conservative it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like the in-between connection would be anti-fan culture and like you see you see Christian evangelical um, like websites, lobbyists like their core messages are that fiction can enable the abuse of women cartoons are, cartoon porn is no less dangerous than real life porn porn is dangerous and women don't really have agency, know what they need, and kink bad, you know. every They, they just associate kinks with abuse, etc. Um, and nothing about it is based on science. It's just, it's just based in pure feeling as well as what you've been taught is bad. You know, same with how they'd be like, like homophobia would manifest itself as, well, that's a sin, you know. And it's in these cases you're talking about fiction that has no stance in real life or no direct correlation and projecting onto people that you are what you read, you know, you are what you draw, while largely ignoring aspects of violence, you know. Yeah. You yeah. know how Christianity loves violence. Um, <laughs> In, the, in the America specifically, in Britain, you know. Yeah. Well, and no, in I other just... parts of the world, like, there's a lot about, like, the, the especially like, the evangelical flavor of, like, Christian mysticism mm-hmm. that is yeah. inherently incredibly violent. Uh, so, fun fact by, about me, I was raised mm-hmm. 50-50 by Roman Catholics and an evangelical, anti-science, anti-evolution, anti-Pokemon dad. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Very specifically yeah. anti Pokemon. They were like, so yeah. anti they were anti Pokemon, <laughs> anti Harry Potter, um oh, like, ironically, like, you're a miracle. Yes. I'm like, knowing um, knowing that and then knowing what you're like, you know. Like... I know, it's a shock, right? Almost like <laughs> if you put a bunch of dampers on this, you get the drag queen version of Alistair from ha Hasbun Hotel. <laughs> Almost like this is what you get as the logical progression when you start saying Pokemon is a satanic symbol. <laughs> Enjoy that! Uh, you know, this yes. is just, it's, it's so wild to me, again, pointing out the cultural differences uh, living in Norway. I've only read about these things you know like the <laughs> like the anti-pokemon anti-harry potter everything is satanic mm -hmm. like the, i've read about this and, and like so I actually knowing, actually knowing I'm, someone who experienced it is so wild <laughs> i feel like the bridge between you because like i experienced it by proxy but my yep. parents were like pretty pretty normal and great honestly like I you know, if they, even if they found my BL, they'd just be like, huh, okay. My aunt found my BL, uh, hated it, told me that I was going to hell, and asked me what I knew about choking on ball gags, to which Ooh. I was like, do you really want to know? Because I'm 17 <laughs> years old. Oh my god. Uh, oh but yeah, god. Dad's church uh, didn't believe in evolution, Creation happened all at once. Human beings rode dinosaurs like horses. Oh, that was kind. Yeah. That was kind. <laughs> that was the kind of church that I grew up in. That's like the evangelical of evangelical. That is there's, wild. There's, there's like one, there's one museum some guy made where they have like people in oh, dinosaurs together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. haven't been to yeah. that one, but I've been to the one in Texas. Oh, man. I get, like, I just, I just don't understand. Like, again coming from a very secular country <laughs> where it's like if you know like we obviously have religious people here so like if i meet someone who's like muslim i'm like okay you know that's cool because i understand mm -hmm. muslims mm -hmm. you know but then meeting a christian i'm like those exist <laughs> like for real it's like <laughs> real life jump scare yeah it's so weird it's just because we're so oh, secular and it's just it's so strange uh but there were so yeah. many things that like flagged in my head as you were mm -hmm. talking about it. because yeah like that was growing up with an evangelical dad was that you know mm -hmm. anything that you watch that isn't ideologically pure and like ideologically pure in the sense that like yeah very very heteronormative very patriarchal mm -hmm. and still upholding a lot of white supremacy which was very exactly. very funny especially for us as a black family yeah how like, does that even work um so there's oh, people, awesome. yeah yeah, so there's this thing called tokenism, uh, oh, yeah. where our pastor, like, really used me and my family, like, look at these good, upstanding browns, and how moral they are, and they aren't like the other browns that are all into the hip-hop and the sagging pants and the doing crack cocaine. Look at these browns. Yeah, look at this good, God-fearing group of browns. Mm-hmm. And then, Help. yeah, and then my dad died, and that pastor never spoke to me and my family again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that is great. Well, no, he did to affirm that my mother's then drug dealing boyfriend had aspirations of being my father, to which I almost punched him and his wife in a hospital. So <laughs> I love that for you. 
Oh my I was God. like, do it! <laughs> it's also so on brand, too. You're like, I was punched I had, in the yeah, hospital. Yeah. I'm like, yeah! I had to physically be restrained. I was like 13. I was ready to fight. I was literally ready to fight God. I was like, my aunt physically had to hold me back because I was about to throw hands in this hospital. You're too were, powerful. Were you, were you fully grown by then? Fuck like, off! No, I'm just asking, like, like were, or were you like a tiny child? Or were you like... I mean, I was 13, so I was like maybe five feet. Maybe you know, I was I was done growing when I was twelve. Of, of condensed power. <laughs> I have I have a friend who's who's five two, and she was a wily one. Yeah, I'm five one, and I literally would fight God. But there's all these things <laughs> within purity culture that yeah are really evangelical in the sense that like it's promoting a lot of heteronormativity, it's promoting a lot of white supremacy, mm-hmm. it's promoting a lot of you know there is no gray area between fiction and reality except for the fiction yeah. that they like proposing i.e the bible uh their yeah. fiction is important their fiction matters a lot <laughs> oh, today amanda chose violence and i apologize um <laughs> but there's this really really fascinating aspect it's so like yeah like when i was growing up in that church like pokemon was like this satanic thing of like how dare you they're based on yokai like wow you guys know a japanese word you know <laughs> Wow. They'd be like, I mean, yeah, I'm just like, wow, I'm impressed. Right, like, great like, job. Oh, shit. Impressive. Oh, shit. Um, what? Like, like they're based on little demons. Why people knowing yokai before yokai watch? I know. Really? It was, I mean, it was almost wow. impressive, except for I didn't get to play Pokemon, and that was, like, a real deal breaker for me when I was a kid. Oh. Um, yeah. And that, like, Harry Potter, like, you know, I mean, obviously, we can't watch Harry Potter now for different reasons, but... <laughs> Back in those days, it was, oh, well, yeah. you know, if your child reads this, it's because they want to be a witch or a wizard. It was literally, yeah, there's literally just because it was, there's magic in it. There's it didn't matter if you were, but we're fighting the bad guys. No, same rules as D&D. Like, magic, it's, bad. It's Satan. As much Christian allegory as, like, Tolkien or anything else. Yeah. Tolkien wrote it, but... Um, I'm pretty sure they hate Tolkien, to be fair. <laughs> I don't think they knew who Tolkien was. At least there, probably. It was a yeah. very limited, like, segment of intelligence. Uh, yeah, okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just thinking about how, you know, the hippies saved Lord of the Rings. And yes. the conservatives <laughs> like to also be like, fuck those hippies. So I <laughs> was like... <laughs> yeah. That's you know your headcanon about our history. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for theorizing about our history. Uh, our pastor... <laughs> You're welcome. Who, whose literal name was Wayne Force... Oh my god. <laughs> Pastor Force. This is my Star Wars OC Wayne Force. <laughs> this is my Star Wars Batman crossover OC Wayne Force. Oh my god. Yeah. It, sounds, it sounds like a DC villain. Give Batman a Darth Vader helmet. I'm getting off topic. Oh god. But- With the little pointy ears. Yes, but there's all these interesting things about it. And I think what's interesting to me also is, you know, I watch a lot of ContraPoints because obviously, um, Mm -hmm. look at me, I watch a lot of ContraPoints. There's this overlap in that audience that like, these are people that would say that they're leftists, that would say that they're Democrats, that would say that they're socially liberal, but they Mm -hmm. keep projecting these incredibly conservative ideas. And I'm, I'm fascinated by that disconnect because... When yes. we were younger, especially in the U.S., I grew up in Texas. The history that I was taught was not the history of America. And I grew up in Minnesota. Far north. <laughs> right. So, like, the history of America that I was taught was not history. It was slavery was a chill thing 
that happened and slave owners took great care of their dominion and possession and mm -hmm. the civil war was the war of northern aggression um Curl those up. really mean those mean guys I, yeah those mean northerners who just wanted equality and to ruin the southern economy but so i don't understand why these like terminally online gremlins mm -hmm. don't see that they're falling for the same trap mm -hmm. i think that's where it gets frustrating for me is like looking at them and being like listen i was born in a generation where we were posting smut fic on like live journal and zanga we didn't have a chance Mm -hmm. you kids know better or you should know better and you know that dovetails us into the avatar the persona of who is spreading it these are children right um it's like i would say you have the the turfs at the head oh, and then who like you know they they they're the ones throwing out the little the little crumbs and then young people who do not know any better eat that up because like the next thing I was going to segue into on that, on this topic is yes. like, it's the, the issue comes from the specific area of like rad femmes, gender criticals, where they attach their activism to conservative rhetoric, but they try to make it like it's for marginalized people in the sense of like, yes. Well, like the most basic one is like, well, this fiction promotes abuse against women and this fiction, you know, women will read this and they'll be more likely to go ahead with red flag relationships, you know, and if men will read this, they'll think, oh man, okay, this is what women want, you know, and when you think about it just from like a real chill perspective, it sounds reasonable, you know, it's like, well, it doesn't sound too out there. You know, right. until until you realize that they'll say this about basically anything they don't personally like. For instance, one website I focus on a lot, they used to be called Morality and Media. Now they've rebranded as anti-sex trafficking. Wow, I wonder how we got there, you know? Wow, um, yeah. Well, oh, we're just no. focusing on media. And so the big thing was that, like, you know, that you, you get into the... To, the area where you start reading articles by the people pushing this. Mm -hmm. and you, when you start to dig in, you'll find women who are like 50 shades of gray. This is back in like 2013, 50 shades of gray yep. is pedophilia. What? And they, they go on a long, they go on a long description, but it's the same exact stuff that you see today in like online community reasoning with young fans is they'll be some of the reasons that were given would be like, this is pedophilia because the adult main character, she can act childish at times. There's a scene where I guess, cause I never read it. Oh no. They use baby oil. You know, the word baby oh, is no. in there. Yeah. 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 You know, you know where this is going people. And so if you support 50 shades of gray, you support pedophilia. And this is, this is 11 years ago plus, you know, 11 plus you know, years ago. I was, I was part of that in, in the sense that I am still very anti Fifty Shades. And obviously that <laughs> is because of the terrible, terrible portrayal of BDSM yeah. and, you know, glorifying of toxic relationships. But I don't think <laughs> pedophilia is not the first word that comes to mind, I feel. 
Yeah, and it, even in that sense, when it comes to these claims, they never follow up on them. They they project oh. as like what could be, this could happen, this this will happen if we if we yeah. don't ban it. But they never did any studies. You have Fifty Shades. It's been like like a, like 10, 11 years since the book years. and and the movie. You know yes. and. And Game of Thrones, you know, all the TV shows that people like this hate and say will make people do bad things, that you have a huge research pool for, never do anything with it. They never do any follow-up research, no. likely because there wouldn't be anything to go off of. No, you know? but I, I also think that even if there was, you know, they wouldn't <laughs> listen to it because it's like what you, right. I, was reading, I was reading your hate narratives paper. Uh, mm -hmm. where you talked a lot about how they are, you know, they're 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 essentially, you know, they're anti-science. So even yeah. if even mm -hmm. if there is evidence, they just mm -hmm. choose to disregard it because they yes. if it doesn't fit into their bias narrative, they'll just oh, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter then. And there's been multiple instances too, just real quick that they'll. Mm -hmm. I've seen multiple instances where people will link like a paper, and the paper actually disproves their argument. <laughs> This happened at least at least a couple times in the past year for me, but you know it's that's oh where the lack God. of lit literacy literally comes in. It's like you didn't yeah. read the whole thing, or you saw a part you liked, but you didn't absorb it to understand what it was actually saying. You know, right? And I think I want to tie it back to BL because you know if you've listened mm -hmm. to the show for yeah. a while, you've heard me talk about this. So like, there's so much of me that almost sees where some of these points are coming from. But like, mm -hmm. yes, if you do read a bunch of fiction that only shows abuse um, and abuse of all types, of course it's mm -hmm. going to do something to you psychologically. Um, but the idea then of one victim blaming actual victims is where you lose me. And mm -hmm. then two, that that onus is on media that isn't aimed at that audience to begin with. So, like, yeah. yeah, I was definitely one of those kids that was affected by reading nothing but non-con from mm -hmm. age, like, 14 to 17. Mm -hmm. that's, think, not, that's not the manga cause fault. <laughs> right. And the other part, the other aspect, too, is that it's, like, like even just using yourself and I as, like, examples, mm -hmm. like, the house, like, the environment you grew up in, you mm -hmm. know, and that, like restricted you know restrained setting mm -hmm. versus like my like in my personal life I was I was thankfully surrounded by a lot of positive or at least healthy pretty equal relationships mm -hmm. you know in general and so like when I would read this manga and stuff it was just completely different from real life to me it's like that's mm -hmm. just in the book yeah that's just in the movies and so even reading Loveless as like a 14, 15 year old, you know, Loveless. I was, I was like, I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. But I wasn't going to be like, I want to date my teacher, you know? No, no, exactly. You know, it's, so it's, you know it, it, and that's why it's really important when people don't like take into account like real life in that sense, real life matters more than just the material itself, you know? Well, right, yeah. and like in the background, person, yeah, like a person's history, a person's background, like all of that matters so much more. And I think it's interesting to bring up one that there's a lot of turfs within this movement, yeah, uh, because as we discussed, like the Fujin Pipeline episode, a lot of us are queer, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of us, yep. Um, especially yeah. those of us who are older, and you know, mm-hmm. at first totally didn't think that they were queer. Cough me, you know. Also me. <laughs> yeah, I'm an enthusiastic Hi. ally. <laughs> right. Like, like who totally didn't realize that, like, oh, hey, I feel really, really comfortable writing as a man and dressing as a man and living as a man. That surely has nothing to do with my own gender expression. Yeah. No, those no. are not related no. at all. Not I, related. No, I, I just really, really yeah. enjoy voice acting Yuki Airy. That's all it is. I mean, that is, that is fair. I, I just want <laughs> and to... Then, and then you just, you know, you just go on the part where you're just like, well, I'm just a tomboy. Or you're like, I'm just weird. Yeah. Oh, weird tomboy. Well, you know, and was, you just talk it up to worst. anime fan. I was the worst because I was one of those, like, in-logs. It's like, I'm not like other girls. I like anime yeah. comics. And I don't like makeup because I'm not girly like that. And I like all the things <laughs> I like. I was in the I was in the boat where I was like always a little bit more mask presenting, you know. Mm-hmm. I just liked where I was comfortable. I liked wearing my anime t-shirts, even if they were like girls' shirts, you know. Yeah. But I would just be like, "Well, I guess I'm just ugly." <laughs> I would just the end of it because I was like, I don't feel I don't feel like putting on makeup and like dressing oh like a feminine, you know. And this is like middle school. I'm like, I guess this is my life, you know. And somebody yeah. be like politely that's just like oh you know well if you want it's like well put dress like this more put makeup and i'm like i just it feels even worse to put that stuff on yeah but you just like chalk it up to being like stubborn or something yeah and i was really stubborn i was like i refused to do like i was very much a tomboy uh to the point where i went by a boy name when i was a child and (laughs) and um I refused to start wearing makeup when all my friends did and to the point where I got really really stubborn I didn't want to have anything to do with it I started wearing skirts when I discovered visual K because I thought that was a masculine presentation but if I ever put a little bit of makeup on all my friends who were all guys would be like what the fuck is wrong with your face so I was like I guess I'm going back to uh, being anti uh, because clearly this is not me uh, and as a result, I suck at cosplaying because I never learned how to do makeup. So I burned myself. I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you. You're <laughs> Thank a good you. cosplayer. It's just because I normally, when we cosplay together, I don't have this camera where you can see every pore um, of my face. Yeah, there's a reason why I'm streaming in 720p. Like, you guys don't need to see high def Amanda. You don't need uh, to see I high can. def me. But I you guys do need to camera. see Raihan. I mean, that's a, good, that's a good site. Yeah. That's a good So I think it's fascinating, you know, when you talk about like, who is writing it, that one, there are a lot of turfs at the start of it. Two, mm-hmm. that it is young people kind of getting caught up in it. Anyways, but it's fascinating that there's, I mean, obviously turfs are in everything. And for those of you who don't know, turfs are trans exclusionary radical feminists. Uh, gender critical mm-hmm. are under that group of turfs. And their big mm-hmm. talking points are socialization, and they don't want men invading female spaces and mm-hmm. that if trans radicalization mm-hmm. exists then there will be no women and everyone will just be trans like there's like a trans beam and that <laughs> yeah that there will no longer be women that will all just be trans uh mm-hmm. but one that's not like I mean like just off the top none of that is true 
Now, mm -hmm. you can't you can't magic up a trans person like yeah, it's just recycled homophobia too, because the same yeah, thing really. would be like, well, being gay is trendy now, and you're like, well, maybe if people don't kill me, I feel more comfortable coming right. out of the closet. You know, it's literally right. the same, the same arguments being repeated. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all the same, and I think that's that might be one of the reasons why, especially us older fans, yes. like cope with this so poorly, is that mm -hmm. we've seen this recycled we've thirty it before. times. Right, like, and, like, and younger yeah. people have not. Like, the only way they grew up with this concept yeah. is that, you know, they grew up with more open-minded shows, which is great. And then you had these, like, you had weird turfs and rad femmes coming in, yeah. like, if you like abuse in, the, if you like these, this couple of, like, of gem characters together, you know, then you, you, promote, you support yeah. abuse. I didn't make it. They did. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you know, in that sense, I think that I appreciate so much more being an adult in this space now yes. because, I mean, it's driving me up the wall. Like, clearly, you know, I open Twitter and my life is ruined every single day. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad I'm old enough to, you know, know better. And like, mm -hmm. even if, um, exactly, even if, like, even if I am the target like mm -hmm. i i haven't been personally harassed but like even if i am the target mm -hmm. as someone who is you know pro ship and an adult in fandom spaces etc etc i mm -hmm. my brain is fully developed and i know mm -hmm. that i'm not doing anything wrong and i am not in a space where i am you know easily manipulated and easily led mm -hmm. to believe that i have to have these correct beliefs and opinions and mm -hmm. you know, falling victim to this mm -hmm. very, very cultish rhetoric that is so mm -hmm. much more impressionable if you're young. Well, yeah, because like, I just want to go no, ahead. And well, and cultish in the sense that, like, again, you know, so it's like for us, you know, I think this hits mm -hmm. particularly hard for us American fans because, yeah, like, this is all stuff we've heard so many times before. And like, I'm not saying that homophobia doesn't exist all yeah. over, but like, again, like, I grew up with these literal evangelicals telling yeah. me these things like so it's it's weird yeah, that, first like, it was harry potter and D, &D yep. and rock music yep. and even before that it was jazz like jazz, jazz. will make when you just sin you know and even before that there were books okay were yes books. oh my god books <laughs> Oh my God, Lois! You know oh what? Think of the children. That's the reason all the kids are autistic and queer now. They started letting them read hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that's a hundred-year-old minor, <laughs> right? You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating to think about. You, yes. Must I remind you of the? I can't remember which year this was. Was it seventeen hundreds or something? When. Um, the Sorrows of Young Verter came out and there was a suicide wave in Europe where all of these young people read it and killed themselves and all of the conservatives, like all the men were like, we have to stop the youth from reading books because now they're killing themselves. It's the same thing. I wish Americans oh, cared that much about that kind of stuff because we're oh busy. Oh my god, it is great. The, so the, funny. Last, the last book panic I remember was uh being catholic and being told not to read angels and demons by dan brown <laughs> i remember hearing some discourse about that oh there was discourse oh baby oh my god there was so <laughs> much discourse but i mean uh, now now there's a new book ban every week though yeah, yeah. and um, and that's the that's the problem with being like 
being very vague about like porn harms, and then the porn they're talking about is critical race theory and sex right. education. <laughs> Right. You know, or like, or like a yaoi novel, and you're like, yes, that's gonna radicalize my child to homosexuality. Not an yeah. Andrew Tate or anything. <laughs> not that Andrew Tate. Not that Andrew Tate Candace loves Owens. the gays. Yeah, it's not gonna be Candace Owens or anything like that. It's gonna be, oh. you know, Saki yeah. Miyano that radicalizes <laughs> my child. Oh, radicalize. And it's like the the issue with that that activism approach, you know, mm -hmm. from TERFs and gender criticals on social media, like, you know, if, like, I, you just imagine, you know, logging on to Gaia online, or like, whatever, Neopets, whatever the hell you liked as like, a, like a 13, 14 year old, and somebody is just like, did you know that these women hurt gay men? They hate them, they use them, they abuse them, and they harm they they harm everything. They're like an infection, and so they're anti LGBTQ, you know. And you don't know they're talking about like trans men. And you're like thirteen. You're like, oh my god, I have to do something, you know. And then so you just spread yeah. the word because it, it seems so it's like such a reasonable to you your first right. introduction to activism, and somebody's like. You know, they say it in a way that makes sense, like, oh my god, those women are terrible, when, like, half the time they're just transmasculine or, like, trans men and just, like, exist. Or they're just vibing. Yeah, like, vibing. Like, honestly, you know, like, even, like, they're just fucking vibing, like, enjoying yeah. a thing, and it's... And then, like, they, they attach certain, they attach, you know, media and then behaviors, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, rabid fangirls, yaoi fangirls. And these are, you know, teenagers that were, like, figuring out that they were queer in some degree, you know, or, like, even just, like, building up friendships, you know, they weren't, like, harming anyone, even if, you know, they were young straight women, just figuring themselves out. And then they become public enemy number one, yeah. you know. And so combine that with the viralness of social media. You yeah. see a TikTok, I see a TikTok, I make a stitch, I, I repost a meme, and then it's just the culture that we're embedded in. Right. It's like, oh yeah, these people are bad. Oh, they're cringe. Oh, they suck. They hate, you know, they're really bad for us. And, and so like, that's what people need to remember is that like, you have to put yourself in the shoes of like your 13, 14 year old self and think about like, what the hell could have happened to me if I was like brought into that like radicalized zone of like, like, you know, because there's one post I always remember where somebody's just like, I know there's a lot of 13-year-old girls on this site that think, like BL and think it's really cool, but it's really not. And it really harms, you know, people and hurts people like me. And their their username is like anti-pedo, you know, anti-map yeah. person. And they're like addressing 13-year-olds on Tumblr and telling them, if you know, if you want to be a good person, you know. And then you see like a 13-year-old core routine like, Fujos are stinky, you know, literally, it's, it's tag, Fujos are stinky, you know, and you're like, yeah. it's so, it's so unserious to them, but also at the same time, so serious, because then suddenly they're like 20 years old, or like 25, and they just unironically believe all of this, because they've never been challenged otherwise. Yeah, and then you get yeah. things like... I mean, slightly off topic, but still related, like what has been going around my Twitter feed all morning with the whole mm -hmm. 21 is a child adult. Yeah. And you, yeah. 
And if you are... They're like, nine, 19 is still a teenager because the word teen is in it. Yeah, and if you are 25 plus, you cannot interact with me because you're an adult adult and you should know better. It's... I... Yeah. yeah. I'm so that was tired. my morning. Uh, <laughs> my morning oh. has been uh, dealing with has been season one spoilers fallout so i won't say anything uh i think that brings us to an interesting point of why are these folks so focused on i have it in the outline as anime and manga but i want to keep it really mm -hmm. really close into bl because mm -hmm. we see this a lot with anime and manga in general that like they seem to be really really focused on that when there's western properties that do very very similar if not the same fucking thing all the time and we have talked about it on the show constantly that it's like if you're going to be mad about this here you need to be mad about it everywhere like mm -hmm. that's the, like i get being mad but you can't just be mad about it in asia yeah you need to be like, mad about yeah. it yeah but literally, let me hit you and it's free yeah. real estate no i i literally I'm making the hand gesture <laughs> It's pretty it realistic. YouTube, like yesterday, and there was something. I cannot remember what this was at this point. It was, I don't know. I think it was like a book or something. And it's like, you know, like X is problematic. And here's why. Mm -hmm. I'm like, of course yep. it is. Because every single piece of media is going to have something that you're going to disagree with or mm -hmm. not vibe with or that is somehow problematic. You know, you know what it is? Media. What is it? What is it? It's the depth. I'm not saying there's never discourse in like you know the superhero fandom because oh there is. But when you come into like I have when, like, when I think of when I think about well like think about the most recent discourse surrounding series aside from anime and manga, Steven Universe, The Owl House, both of these shows center yes Voltron as well center queer characters to some degree. Yes. But they also try to go the extra mile and add some, like, depth in there. Some, some like, black, like, not black and white kind of gray areas. Yeah. And it's not to say, like, no other show ever did that. Like, Avatar The Last Airbender, you know, etc. Shows like that. But when I think about what if At Atla came out today as a cartoon, people... Like, all the arguments would just be like, if you like Zuko, you're a bad person, you know? And yes, Zuko, yeah, you know? And, and just st stuff like that, or like, you know, I hate Sokka, and he's he's a bitch, you know? And if you like him, you hate women, well, you know? And it's like, epi it's it's like episode two. We are arguing in yeah. right now. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, we're going to tone down Sokka's sexism. The sexism yeah. of the... 14 year old boy we're gonna tone that yeah. down but i think what's fascinating to me is that this really seems to happen a lot in bl spaces and it goes back to again if you haven't mm -hmm. listened to the episode that we had about fetishization of dr thomas this is a good place yeah. to remind you guys of that because yeah there is this like air of mystery that still comes from this particular space and because of that bl tends to find itself the unwilling participant in a lot of these conversations or mm -hmm. queer ships in shonen or honestly just adults in fandom still like i know when i was growing up i was always told that anime was going to be a phase that i grew out of that it was for <laughs> children R shut up uh, that it was for children and that i would surely stop 
doing all of this. I would stop any day now. <laughs> any like... day, I'll just wake up and I'll be done with it. Yeah. And that yeah. And those, those adults didn't know about Ninja Scroll. <laughs> you're like, you're like, it's been here the whole time. What the hell are you talking okay, about? Like, those, those like anime's always been for adults, which is why it's always been so popular. Because you know, and then people associate here associate cartoons, you know, with children. That's the other thing. And so, like, anytime anything goes beyond like ugu baby, you know, like levels of stuff happening here, people are like, oh my god, they're trying to convert the children with their. They're cute cartoon characters, and you're like, no, I just still like them as an adult. When I'm over here, just a full teenager, like, how do I become? What is the fastest route to being a villain, fucker? <laughs> I think you found. <laughs> I did. I hopped on the express route. For that at like, <laughs> I jumped on the express train down the villain fucker <laughs> highway when I was like 12 or 13. But it's fascinating to see so much of this happen in anime and manga again because there is a lot of concerned that anything coming out of the east is just porn anything um yeah that you know because ratings are different than they are here you know things that are aimed at teenagers in japan are things that i wouldn't necessarily say are appropriate for teenagers here in america due to a myriad of reasons uh so it's fascinating to see anime and manga really become like the place for this discourse to happen and again as sam mentioned this discourse has happened in other properties especially again when you start getting into those queer ships because you bring yeah, up and a lot of those shows yeah. are are still influenced by anime too that's the interesting yeah. part as well yeah i mean rebecca sugar's dirty fujo fingers are all, all over steven <laughs> universe mm -hmm. i mean i say that also having dirty fujo fingers like that isn't a call out that's just facts yeah fact. I also it's the way people it's the way people behave and pr project about her, like Egh. yeah. I mean, I yeah. Re Rebecca Sugar is not my favorite human being all the time, but that's for different reasons. But I'm fascinated by the fact that, like, yeah, this always seems to come back to anime and manga, and there's this like huge blind spot mm -hmm. in Western properties like i was watching a, a the take video about gilmore girls like i never really watched gilmore girls because right. i was like trying to be a man at that time so i wasn't watching gilmore girls oh and just listening to like oh and rory's mom fucked her teacher and then rory got pregnant by this random guy and then all of this happened and she slept <laughs> with her husband and now everyone's having an affair and the dad was sleeping with some girl who was 40 years younger than him it's like why are we talking and that's, about and that's just like classic like soap opera territory yeah. dun, dun, dun. Yeah. you know there's a twist there's always some crazy shit happening and that's like that was like standard daytime tv it was yeah why aren't we mad at Glee? I mean, I'm mad at Glee. Curl is mad I at mean, Glee. I mean, people are mad at Glee. I was going to say, to be fair, I've never even watched it, and I know everyone's mad at Glee. Aside from Glee. I, I, mean, I didn't have that one serial guy. I hated it. But it's like, uh, there's so many things that you can be upset about. There's so many things you can be upset about. And while I'm never going to say that there are not problematic things in anime and manga, because I'd be a fucking liar. Yeah. It just seems so short-sighted to only be mad in this space. I think it's just because it's a really easy target. You know, he who cast the first stone. For example, just like the most basic example in politics is a lot of times, you know, you'll see conservatives like, 
trash like what more progressives for like barely doing like the least bad thing meanwhile they'll have mm-hmm. like actual pedophiles you know being yeah. convicted or the like that yeah, like solicited yeah. minors and they're still in public office yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like so, wash your own laundry before you come into yeah. my house you know <laughs> and, and i think um i think actually you can go on okay and um i was like and like one of the things that like i get into with this topic and like paper is that like especially when it comes to bl it's like it's a very easy target for like several reasons one it's associated with women femininity Mm -hmm. you know that's Mm -hmm. the other thing about those other shows that have huge discourse not just voltron aside from that but you know the owl house and steven universe they had presumed you know female heterosexual creators you know a lot of people would erase rebecca sugar's queer identity and pronouns mm-hmm. etc but um it's associated you know with women and femininity already like failed step one and then going beyond that is that it's you know a different language various you can change what the words mean like very easily people be like oh yaoi means exclusively porn and fujoshi literally means rotten woman so it means they know they're rotten and they take pride in it because they think gay people are rotten you know and then they just roll with it you know there's nobody else in in the room you know it's all the way across the ocean you'd have to go for somebody to correct them Mm -hmm. and so it's so much easier for it to just you know spread like wildfire and like the the other aspect of that too is that it's Asian. So a lot of yep. people just view Asian media or just Asians, Asia in general, as, you know, mm-hmm. this weird, exotic, not to be taken too seriously. Like, it's a, a, not like an anomaly, but, you know, it's something to spectate and look at from mm-hmm. the outside. Yeah. Just like the way they treat Japan in itself. Like, when you get... Um, when you get people in like evangelical sites and you get turfs and rad funds talking about Japan and they'll always talk about it like the other, the sinful, the weird, they're trying to convert the children. I don't know what it is about anime and trans, you know, and they just, they make up like, it's almost like a game in a sense that they get fulfillment, just making up stuff and like creating this like, boogeyman like yokai yeah. we'll say instead of demon you know there's right. yaoi yeah. yokai, um, yokai and they just they just and then they they use that as you know their big bad quote-unquote that they just kind of paint broadly and they just mm-hmm. they they live it as the reality so it becomes the reality to other people yeah and it's yeah. just like and then you get to the you know tldr like BL fetishizes gay men and Fujoshi fetishizes gay men and even gay men who like BL are fetishizing themselves. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so you know, it's it's that's like the long of the short of it, you know. No, and all I mean like that's all true. I mean, you definitely I remember um we had G four, which was like a channel for men yeah. who play video games. I watched that sometimes. 
I mean, I did Hello, man who plays video games. Um, <laughs> man who plays video games. But it was like very like 2000s, 2010s humor. Mm-hmm. It would definitely get canceled today. Yep. Uh, but they had on the original like Ninja Warrior from Japan. Mm-hmm. And I always remember looking at that. And like by this time, I knew about Japan a little bit. I've been watching anime most of like my life by that point. And it always just looks so foreign and crazy. And you're right. Like we do a lot of westerners still look at japan as this very like foreign other and again and i i feel like i say this every episode there are so many things that i can almost understand when people look at a lot of this stuff because wow a lot of those bl roots that are from sojo sure did import a lot of things that are truly and seriously problematic but again Mm -hmm. that's the case across all of the genres because a lot of them have imported their baggage from really Sojo and Shonen, which also has mm-hmm. its own problematic baggage, you know, and then again, you need to also be able to flip that on your own stuff because exactly. that, that exists in the West as well. Not to alienate when Japan does something problematic, yeah, but they're not alone. I mean, yeah, they don't talk about it constructively, you know. No. They'll, they'll, you'll get, like, one of those vague tweets where it's just, just like, remember, I don't know if you saw someone's like, remember who else Japan agreed with? And yeah, like, trying yeah, to know if there are Nazis. And I was like, is this about, like, you know, is this about nasty guys who are, like, trying to be weird about, like, real women and, like, be, like, transphobic or, like, shit? Or is this about, like, a black butler doujinshi, you know? Like, because yeah. it was all about, like, yeah, like, why are we using Japan to base our morals off of, you yeah. know? We're not! And, and it's like, we're just trying not to be racist and, like, act- and understand science, actually. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but... You know, piggybacking off of that, I, I think, because, I mean, we do this, we do this here, too, you know, like, if there's some <laughs> some show that is about, like, for instance, you know, dating in Japan, it's almost like watching some sort of, like, wildlife documentary, because they're talking about the Japanese, mm-hmm. and then they're always, like, trying to twist it in the most, like, Like, I have to say something way. related to that, because yeah? I'll never forget the documentary on netflix that was going over some netflix made anime and this it was the whitest most like racist thing i had seen in such a long time i was blown away because the way this woman started off the documentary was i don't know anything about anime and we're like oh good feel step oh, one right. and so she just you know she jumped into it but the way she talked about like japanese people was like yeah just like Imagine, you know, it was it was like summary is like Japanese people seem so quiet, you know, and she's like, yeah, footage great, a footage of a bus train with people quiet, yeah, and then she's like, how does this Japanese people being normal in like everyday society go to this, you know, and then she's like showed a bunch of like violent clips from anime, yeah, and like people in a dance club, and it was I was just like I'm just imagining that in like L.A., you know, like I want I want Asian people to come to the United States and like look at us like we're ants under a microscope and be like, how do these people go from this working at the working at the DMV like a normal person to this? You know, and you show them at an anime convention. Yeah. Like but, what? I mean, that, that sounds like me in Japan though. It yeah, was but- like <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like yes. 
the Western world has this obsession, right, with weird Japan. Yes. And and, and how, you know, every and, and they, they just see them like people. Yeah, and they could phenomenon. They continue to perpetuate these ideas and and these, you know, wrong ideas and and mm-hmm. and ideals because it's kind of like that, you know, how every so often you'll see some usually a dude bro appearing mm-hmm. on Twitter and being like, "Oh, remember that the age of consent in Japan is 13." Okay, first of all, that has been debunked so many times, but right. you are continuing to cling to it because you want it to be sensationalized. Yeah. You that's want the, the irony is the the two the people who claim that there are tourists are tourists. They're like Japan is a nationalistic ideal, and you're like, and you're like, have you never read a book from Japan pre like 1900? They're like, gays didn't exist. And like, I have something to tell you about that. You know, uh, and like, and it's like they're, you know, they're living in their own fantasy, ironically. Yeah, and- Mm-hmm. And it's like, and again, because people don't have history and people don't want to mm-hmm. speak out, like, even if you tell them, you know, you link them to the truth, you you link them to some, you know, academic research, whatever, they don't want to hear it, right? And and so mm-hmm. these, when taking it back to BL, the discussions and the discourse that we're seeing now, it's not new because, I mean, go back yeah. to the early 90s in Japan and the Yaoi Ronso, it's literally the same thing, but like mm-hmm. BL has progressed uh, mm-hmm. fandom has progressed like in japan in lieu of you know the yaoi ronso a lot of people started taking that debate and you know which was the japanese debate about you know oh this is gay men being fetishized essentially mm-hmm. and a lot of japanese fujin took that to heart and kind of like changed the way they talked about gay men in bl because of that and mm-hmm. and even some even some gay men also changed their, i believe yeah. like, misaki sato if that was his yeah, but like, like there was yeah. a follow-up that we don't hear about often that Akiko Mizuguchi uh, mentioned in like her thesis, which was basically like after they actually communicated and you know met and spoke about things, he understood how it was so useful for some women, yeah, you know, or people assumed to be women, especially at that time, um, figure out their gender identity and navigate yeah. sexuality in a very mm-hmm. very narrow. Um, space yeah. that was kind of all they had and and he was like and i think basically he's he basically just says that that's fine he's like all i want is for just more stories to be told you know i want the, to be more yeah. dimension and everyone's like great we all win you know yeah and then that is completely being disregarded i mean a lot of people yeah. don't know about it but even if they do they disregard it because they want to perpetuate their idea because it's a whole it's a confirmation bias essentially right yeah Right. It is a confirmation bias. And yeah, it's it's a lack of introspection, like global introspection, because, you know, so like I have a literature background. For me, that's always Lolita. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to be mad at Lolita. (laughs) No one has actually read. I still need to read it. It's on my list. I'm going to try to read it this year so I can understand that. Yeah. And it's all you read it. It's yeah. I mean, it, so like for me, it's always been Lolita. It's it's people who've mm-hmm. never read Lolita who are the most upset about Lolita. It's people who've never been yep. in the same room as Lolita who are the most upset about Lolita. Like they've never looked at the cover. They've not been in the same room. They don't know who wrote it. They just know to be mad at Lolita. Yeah, for all the wrong reasons. Like, and then when you finally read it, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm mad at this because it's boring. 
Okay. Well, like, and to jump off of that too is like people will be like, "I'm mad at this because I don't know anything." As in, like all all of like the white ladies that you see who are mad at Lolita because they think that the fashion statement has something to do with the book and it's pedophilic, and you're like, "Stop talking," you know. But they they'll they'll, like write papers and blog posts about it. You're like, you've never even lived in Japan for like a month. No. You know, and, and they're just like, like, it's disgusting! You know, they go into hysterics about it and everything, and it's, it's, and it's like with like, BL, you know, misinformation. Yeah. And when they are like, when they're, if, if they are proven wrong that, because, you know, there's nothing sexualized, I mean, there's yeah. nothing sexual about Lolita fashion, like, there are a lot yeah. of layers, there's a lot of Literally, there's a lot but, of layers. Yeah, yeah, like you, there is no skin showing, and then they're like, "Yeah, well, they are infantilizing themselves, so it's yeah. essentially pedobate." It's like, okay, yeah. you what? And then, then we get into the victim blaming again. Yeah, exactly. we're trying to attract predators. You're like, do you understand how fucked up you sound right now? <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. <laughs> and it's and it's wild too because they'll be like, "Why are adult women trying to attract child predators?" You're like, I don't know, it's, actually. It's the, it's the short circuit of, like, does it make any sense? Like, so I remember <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite one was if you are a woman under, like, 5'5", five, five, and a oh. man dates you, it's because you're minor-coded. You're child-coded. And it's like, firstly, I'm five foot one. Secondly, anyone who looks at me, hears me speak... Mm-hmm has experienced me in the bedroom, knows that I'm not. (laughs) Anyone who has been to one of my convention panels and has heard every single joint of mine creak like I'm one of those artist dolls. (laughs) I mean, true. No, you know, I I ask myself this a lot because, like, I look very young and I, like, I am balancing, right right on the like right on the average so i don't know if i'm child coded or not like i could be both (laughs) but then but then i am i am older than my girlfriend so technically that makes me the predator in our relationship but she looks older (laughs) than me so we're always like who is and then you get into the you get into the conundrum with the twilight (laughs) i'm trying to figure out which one is more problematic in this relationship based on what the I Spider-Man see, yeah. meme, you're pointing at each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have to advocate for your girlfriend's rights. That's the gift that she wants. She wants emancipation. <laughs> and also, she's taller than me. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, it's... I think it's amazing that, you know, this always gets me back to anime and manga because, yeah, like, Japan really is this open field that people can project our own insecurities and fears on. Just in the way that, like, and not be challenged too, and right, yeah. and not be challenged, and to bring it back to a point that you made at the start, because so if you saw both of us visually cringe when one of those sites changed to uh, stop child trafficking, it's because of yep. QAnon. Um, yeah. So if you saw all of us visually, just like the color <laughs> leave our bodies, mm-hmm. it's because of QAnon, and it's the anti-science fact of it. Because so mm-hmm. here's the thing. We have all been dumb in fandom spaces. Raise your hand if you were yes. dumb in a fandom space. Raise all your hand. Raising your hand. Raising the hand. Yeah. But we had our elders, one, to challenge us and tell us to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And two, we listened to them when we were corrected. And we did our own research and formed our mm-hmm. own opinions. And we, and we didn't have social out. media. 
Yeah, we, we did all, not. We didn't have social media. But, you know, because like, I know I've probably spat off a dumb hot take at least five mm-hmm. times. <laughs> I'm certain of it, especially in the anime and manga space. The way mm-hmm. I grew up, I've absolutely ran off with a dumb hot take. But we had our fandom elders that we listened to with reverence. And then mm-hmm. we went back and we did our own research. So we could say, okay, well, half of what that random 40-year-old man on adultfanfiction.net was correct. <laughs> like, I think that was the other thing, too, is just in that era was like, we didn't, it's like we we had websites and each other and then like the bookstore, you know, so it's like yeah. if I want to know about Japan, you know, I'm, I go onto like the Japanese blog site, usually run by like people living in Japan. Right. Yeah. If I want to learn Japanese, I get some books, you know, and then like also too, a lot of people would just have like information on pages like Bishi equals this, and a lemon is this, a lime, and they would yeah, translate right. words, and it was like right. a fun little, like, almost like a secret culture, because you're like, you know, anime wasn't half as popular, so you could be the anime kid, like, in your grade, you know, in yeah, your class I mean, at school, yeah. and so, like, yeah. Hi, that was but I think- And so, like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily, like, you didn't go online to, like, be an activist, you want a line to have fun. No. And so we would learn while having fun, yes. and you weren't necessarily taught, like, the absolute wrongest thing, and then go out no. there and try to, like, p- tell everyone else to do it, you know? Yeah. It's such you know, a different or, mindset. Yeah. Or if There's you were me, it. you were learning because you were black and female presenting, and everyone was convinced mm-hmm. that you were just doing this as a phase to attract male attention. Oh yeah, that goes. Yeah. But but it's <laughs> there's such a massive gap between you know the the fandom wank that we had. Yeah. You know, we called it fandom mm-hmm. wank. There were you know we shipping did. wars, flame wars. Mm-hmm. That was, and now they are activists. You know, there's yeah. such a massive gap between. Oh, you know, flaming someone because you didn't like the pairing they wrote, even though you chose to read the fake. And reporting someone to the police because you think they're a pedophile, or stalking them at conventions, and, or you know. stalking someone you think is them. Exactly. Yeah. Which was the thing that happened. Uh, yeah. Undertale. Sorry. Something, <laughs> something was stuck in my throat from uh, many, many years ago. Uh, Undertale fandom is still one of the fandoms that scares me the most uh, yeah. because they won't leave. <laughs> you're like go oh! and you like yell out of your hobbit window like go oh! it's like so I live in Texas we have bats and sometimes bats get in your house I like bats no they're great I love them but sometimes they get in your house and bats because they're bats um, only learned how to fly tangentially yep. they're not good at it they're not good accomplished oh. flyers so imagine getting a bat in your house. <laughs> yeah, that's how Undertale fans feel like. No one knows how the bat got inside. It could have been anything. Maybe you left your door open too long while bringing in the groceries. Maybe it was always there, living in the attic. Maybe you wrote a problematic fic and somebody... 
Bring wanted to tell you that they didn't like it, but repeatedly and banned the Dutch. Maybe you wrote a problematic fake, not involving them at all, but they're there. Yeah. Yeah. But they like the character, it might as well be them, okay? But I think this dovetails us very, very nicely. Yes, I saw your sketchy inhaler. Uh, into, I saw you seeing it. Into <laughs> a topic that I think until we get a check. I'll stop. <laughs> it proceeds sorry, to snore harder. Uh, media literacy sure has gone to shit, and we probably need to talk about that. And mm-hmm. I want to put some buffers before we talk about media literacy, because here's the thing. I review for Fangirl Nation. I review stuff on my blog. We review stuff here mm-hmm. on this show. English and communications is my degree. I went to a university, and I'm very proud of that degree. It watches me every night while I sleep. Um, next to my novena candle of Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> I do not have a degree, but I did study uh, literature yes. and English language, just pointing out. But one thing I hear a lot about media literacy and why people are okay with it going to hell is that media literacy is classist. That not everyone can afford that big fancy degree. I couldn't afford it either. That's why I have student loans. Uh, No one uh, in America can afford it. You don't want to know how much I have in debt. You really don't. No. I want to sleep at night, actually. Uh, But it's classist. It's classist to expect people to care or to know about or to think about on a higher level what they're ingesting um to which the only words i have for that are that's horse shit mm-hmm. and i'm gonna let sam take the floor on that because they are much better equipped to answer that question than i am because i love being media literate i am aware that everything that i watch is trying to tell or sell me something Mm-hmm. It doesn't ruin a lot of things. It definitely has ruined some things. But let's talk about this death of media literacy and especially like the arguments against it, starting with classism. Okay. As you said correctly, it's horseshit. To elaborate and extrapolate, like one of the first things I noticed when you brought that up, I was like, funny you should say that because the Hayes Code. Just yeah. remember what that was. It came about like ninety years ago. Yeah. And one of one of the biggest arguments always when it comes to control of media mm-hmm. and censorship in media is people who are vulnerable need to be protected. Mm-hmm. And that in these days they usually mean a lot of ableism and racism and classism and ageism all at the same time. Yes. Because they're thinking we have to protect the people who aren't mentally deficient, you know, and that could include all people who can't afford a nice big education, which in its own way, obviously is fucked up. Cause yeah. you know, like you you could have, you could have like a Christian minister who has a fit has, has like, some kind of crazy PhD, but, like, still thinks that, like, orc massage is going to, like, set the world ablaze to the end times. And so, like, 
when it comes to like discussing class and things that it really bothers me because yeah like even just going through some of the arguments is like one of the things they argued about films was the same thing they argue about the internet now is they're like films are difficult to monitor and control they're like anybody could sneak into a film and see it and the mobility of film the ease of picture distribution because the possibility of duplicating positives in large quantities, aka pirating copies, etc., <laughs> this art reaches places unpenetrated by other forms of art. Psychologically, the larger the audience, the lower the moral mass resistance to suggestion. End quote. No wow. picture should lower the moral standards of those who see it, and it must not be allowed to appear so attractive. And they're talking about evil acts that the emotions are drawn to desire or prove. And then forget it's supposed to be condemned because they only remember the apparent joy of the sin. You know. So if you watch Hannibal, I have to hate to break it to you, everybody. You're gonna kill someone and eat them. It's oh. just the facts of life. <laughs> I mean, I, I still haven't watched Hannibal, but maybe Amanda has some confessions you want to. Can I help you? <laughs> no, I'm just saying clearly you're 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 supposed to be a mass murderer. Oh. Not a mass murder. I don't want that much attention. No, just a serial. It just means he did it more than once. Yeah, a little hobby. I couldn't keep up with that sheer number. You always got to keep it low, just under the radar, just enough to scare the natives, but never to be on anyone's suspect list. Taking notes. <laughs> one of the well, other thing too is that like aside from them they always use children people who are like neurodivergent usually autistic and then like women all that's left are white men to lead us into the right oh, way dear. to watch tv and it's like no. the 19 like one of the one of the articles I like is called More Than Music, Conservative Christian Anti-Rock Discourse in U.S. Culture Wars. And, like, one of the key points in that that you'll see, it's it's mirrored every decade in things that I read and find, including, like, a paper that was from, like, 1898, I believe. But in here I'll just read this portion. is In addition to their fears of supernatural evil... All three conservative Christian critics claims about Rock's beat were grounded in the concept of a duality between the mind and body. In this conception, white men were the most associated with reason and the so spirit, the mind, while women and children are more primitive or lower class uh, peoples existed outside of rationality and were thus associated with the physical flesh, the body. <laughs> It's no surprise that then these Christian critics aimed their crusade at youth. Not only were teens more likely to listen to rock and roll, they were also more susceptible to the music's effective powers and demons because they were not fully rational adults. You know, this is the 60s still, before your brain is done at 25. Um, similarly, conservative Christian critics argued that non-whites were more vulnerable than whites to rock music's evil, and the satanic president invited because the notion was that race and rhythmic music are linked in dangerous ways, you know, blah, blah, long time. But it's, linked, it's linked to the non-rational body, racialized body, the feminized and youthful body as disruptive of social order. 
And in the 1920s, psychologist Carl Jung claimed that an entire culture could be infected by another culture's rhythms, which is where you see people say, Yowie infects LGBTQ culture. I've seen people say BL infects, you know, it, it ruins, it spreads, it corrupts. And it's like, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, this Asian media is infecting our pure white Western media. Yeah, it's, I think that's what's always so shocking to me when I read about this stuff, is like, none of this is new. Yep. Yeah. None of this and is new. We've been doing this for I, hundreds of years. I keep quoting her, but in one of my classes, uh, which was like literature and history, we had an entire class that just focused about focused on literature english literature in relation to the french revolution and the the professor kept telling us that you know remember that revolutions are cyclical so you yes. know you know things will yeah. things will get so progressive that they will regress and that is basically what is happening right that yes that is what we're seeing yeah. it's just the same thing being recycled Right. And I think that that's fascinating, again, like coming from these like older fandom spaces that exactly mm -hmm. like we've gone from these were very racist, sexist, homophobic spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, brown, queer and biologically female in a lot of like fan spaces. It was hell for many years. And then we get like the white Tumblr savior activist woman and things yeah. are marginally better. But that archetype of a person is just as irksome and then you mm -hmm. have the fame race to the margins where it's the thing that especially in very like it's a phenomenon where white women especially will take on labels in an attempt to diminish their own privileges so like yes. oh yeah I know about the race to the margins um, so like the massive influx that you had with like Tumblr uh, white activists saying that they're autistic not that autism isn't real, not that autism isn't valid, but the massive influx of it and being used as a shield when anyone said you're speaking from a place of privilege. Especially so, when it comes to queer activism and like our context exactly. with BL. Exactly. So we had this we had this period where we started xenophobic, racist, homophobic, and sexist. And we've gone back around to where we're xenophobic, racist, homophobic, and sexist. Um, and it's exactly right about um, revolutions. It's got a little again, twist. It's a rainbow hat. It's for feminism, guys. And, you know, it's fascinating because, like, you know, French Revolution, Thomas Jefferson here in the U.S. loved the French Revolution. He wanted our revolution to be more like the French Revolution. He had the biggest boner for the French Revolution. And all they did was trade a bourbon for a Bonaparte. They got another emperor. Like, they did... A lot of people died to accomplish the same thing, if not a little bit worse. Yeah, and, and you know, that's where that expression... I don't know if you if it's used as much in, in English, but we use it a lot in Norwegian, which is essentially revolution eating its children. And that is when they start talking about the reign of terror. And it's, you know, same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, we see this death of media literacy, and... Some of it is in response to classism. Some of it is also, and I'll admit that like I've been a part of this, has been overly critical fans. Mm -hmm. um, I get a lot of the, oh, well, you just don't enjoy anything, do you? It's like, <laughs> I enjoy a lot of things. 
<laughs> but having a valid criticism about how a character is portrayed, how a message is brought forward, about the drama going on behind the scenes, doesn't negate that I like this thing. I can do both at the same time. Yeah. I can have valid concerns about the message that is being told to me while still very much liking the thing. Um, so you get a lot of like, oh, you don't enjoy anything culture, which was started by um, internet movie critics, like Nostalgia Critic and Cinema Sins. And I hate that. I was even once a microcosmal part of that. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's so much of me that hates that media literacy is dying. One thing I heard all the time was turn off your brain. Can you just turn off your brain? Mm -hmm. No, that's called dying. Right <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yeah, that was called death. And yeah, like there are plenty of movies that I have gone in, could tell you nothing about now, and I've not given it deeper thought. Mm -hmm. But liking something, and I'm going to land the plane, means that I care. And, you know, this is a lament to old fandom. Like you mentioned, we had to go out and research. We had to go out and learn. Yes, I remember at the end of every Inuyasha manga, there were these little glossaries. Yeah. Like, these are what <laughs> these words mean. Yeah. And, like, we had to seek that out. We had to be these voracious consumers of knowledge because while our elders were there to guide us, they only knew so much. Most of them were also Americans who had never been yeah. to Japan. Even like fan translations, when you think about it, we really yeah. had like a tiny little educational community, despite it being like for our entertainment. Mm -hmm. Like Keikaku means plan, you know. I, <laughs> That's where all that came from. There were translator I, notes. <laughs> I really miss those translator notes. I mean, I this too. is my this is my moment of lamentation because you know now you have you know you have simulcasts and everything and they and they still have the translate the translations but they are for some reason they are so small and like hidden in like a corner like bring back the fan translations when you had like the the, the subtitles and then you had like the things on the top the translation note on the top of the screen that was like this means that i'm like thank so you make it impossible to see my bl <laughs> I love. Like, I will full screenshot of like a, a translation note that I had to pause yeah. and read. I loved doing yeah. fandoms back in the day. They were so fun. But mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by this like media literacy issue. And the, yeah, I think the thing is again, it's like these people don't want to learn because that's the other very very frustrating part of it is that when you do meet a puritan or someone who's an anti, you can give mm -hmm. them all the information you want. They don't care. Yeah, they're not they going to read it. They're not going to read it. They don't want to be better. They don't want to... And, yes. You know, it's like what Dr. Thomas said, you know, and has said in a lot of lectures and, mm -hmm. and panels and things that, first of all, people aren't going to sit down and read an academic paper. No. Because mm -hmm. the people who need to read them aren't going to read them. But right. also, even if you are an academic, you know, like Sam, like Dr. Thomas, like Dr. Welker, who's also been on the show, you know, mm -hmm. who are experts on this, who work on this, like do research and can, you know, show scientific evidence that, you know, fiction does not affect reality in the way that the antis are claiming. They're mm -hmm. just going to go, oh, but you're biased. Because you're also a fan of this or you interact so much with this that you've been brainwashed. And then mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't matter. They're not going to listen. Mm -hmm. Right. And 
that they use that as a shield. That yeah, yeah. so again, it brings in like the classist argument. I hear a lot of ableist arguments too. That is like, oh well, I'm neurodivergent. I couldn't understand this, and it's like, I'm mm -hmm. also neurodivergent. Hello. Oh yeah, that and like I remember saying once too, like somebody. It's, it was the same, like, I'm a minor argument. You're like, yeah. do you expect me, someone so small and dumb, to be able to, you know, understand this big concept? And they're, like, older than I was at the time when I, like, read something worse or saw a worse movie and I was yeah. fine. You know? Like, really, why are you dragging yourself like that? Come on. <laughs> like, you are literally out there crusading on the internet, doing internet activism. You know, mm -hmm. like reporting people to their jobs, reporting people to mm -hmm. the police, and then you you get you get caught or you get confronted by it. And it's like, oh, but I'm a minor. You can't Yeah. You and then you're like, well why are you doing this to begin with? Yeah. Like you gotta you gotta decide. Are you uh, are you an Uvu minor who can't be held accountable for Like your go be a hall monitor if you need yeah. this like rush of like power and authority. Or are you going to be an activist? Like, you, right. you can't be both. Right, exactly. You, ex It's literally that. You can't be both. You can't pull the whole, like, oh, well, I'm just a neurodivergent minor. Ooh, ooh. It's like, you just got someone fired because you said they were a pedo for liking a, a random like, show. Like, some, like, brought hero academia like bullshit you know it's always bakudeku yeah. for some reason why is it always yeah. bakudeku it's always no, that or or it's kirishima remember that person with the kirishima what is tattoo? yes and it's like oh you're an actual pedo for liking kirishima it's like uh. again can i just point out again with the whole oh but they're they're an actual child first of all they are a drawing, a drawing. second how many 15 year olds do you know that look like that I think about that every time I see the characters from Bleach, especially Chad. He's like this giant stacked, like Brazilian, like six foot six model. And I'm like, and yeah, I remember every time I'd watch these shows as a kid, even like Samurai Shampoo and everything like that, I'm like, oh, everybody's in their mid 20s. In my brain, I'm 14. And, I'm like, and they're like, these bitches, two years older than you. I'm like, I was like, I don't believe you for a fucking second. And that was me like, when it was their age. <laughs> right and i have like i have this you, you you usually can see like the bottom of it i have this tapestry this free tapestry <laughs> over my couch in my in my living room yes, and they're all you know shirtless and okay there's nagisa who is a shota sex demon but everyone else is like fucking huge and muscly and i'm like what 15 year olds do you know that look like this tell me when Please. I was 15, I was setting fires behind the weight room with axes. <laughs> I was wearing oh uh, two large sweaters and had like I had a trigun hoodie. Yeah. And, like, long, and long I had a trigun hoodie and long braids. Yep. And like, uh, my samurai shampoo shirt. And I think, like, uh, well, I think one thing, too, that people need to recognize, mm -hmm. um, at least when we talk about staying on the path of optimism and not giving in to the throes of despair, which can be quite easy to do, yeah. is um, just people talking about this stuff makes a big difference. Because, I mean, like, just when I first got into this stuff, you know, 2019 into, like, you know, and then COVID hit, and it's like, well, I have all this time, you know. Oh my god! And but like 
the thing was is that some of the first aunties I was introduced to were, you know, aunt like ex aunties, for instance. Yeah. And so, like, there are people out there who will listen. You know, there are people out there who who will change. In a lot of a lot of cases, like I try to stay optimistic. I like mm-hmm. to also just because I can like vouch for personal experiences. But it's mm-hmm. like, like you said earlier, you know, everybody can have a bad take. You know, can yeah. unlearn certain things. Right. And like sometimes a lot of people just overhear things on the grapevine and they just kind of accept that as fact until they really right. dive into it and they're like. I didn't realize that there was so much depth to this and I appreciate you for telling me. And you're like, wow, that was really nice. <laughs> and so I think it, it just depends on where the person's individually at. Cause somebody recently apologized to me who had been Aww. like really antagonistic about like being anti mm-hmm. anti Fujoshi, you know, they, they would pull out all the stops and they were maybe like around like 18, 19 oh, most and they, they apologized to me like a year or two later. And so that they were in a really bad place in, the, in school, you know, and then they, they were doing better and they actually like read everything on my website and they were like pro Fujoshi now, you know, and I was like, oh my God, you know, and it's it like, that's, that's the kind of stuff you want to center in your mind. Is oh, that like, God. you know, even if somebody at that time, you know, doesn't want to open up to these ideas because they need that thing to be mad about. Mm -hmm. Um, They still can later on, you know? Right. And I think that kind of puts us where, you know, this, the future of media and fandom is bleak as it seems. And, you know, I mentioned this, we talked about um, anti, anti versus pressure with Aerie that, I think what I'm waiting for is the new great awakening when a lot of these kids just grow up. Because again, like think about yourself when you were 14 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't want to think about that person too long, but like, (laughs) I don't want to think about that creature for too long, (laughs) but that creature did not deserve rights. (laughs) That spiteful little ball of hormones (laughs) And thought, your thoughts about <laughs> the worst fictional men. That creature did not need to vote, did not need to contribute to society. That is the creature just needed to be a creature. Right. That is a demiurge if I've ever seen it. Yes, I'm talking about the master <laughs> of like, was, Leave that creature in its terrarium to creature was, out until it grows up. Literally, I was creature vash from Trigun Manga, just a <laughs> biblically accurate fuckwad. <laughs> but imagine yourself. <laughs> but I'm not that person anymore. Oh, you're yeah. a person now. I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. Who still deserves rights, despite what the government is trying to do every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm hoping for is that a lot of these kids do just grow up because that's sort of what I do foresee. We saw that with Steven universe. We saw that with a little bit with Voltron. We saw that with other things that I know every time you, every time I mentioned Voltron, there's just like a PTSD flashback. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. It's like Akira. Ding! Ah! Yeah, it's like, I did I grab your face. There. I wasn't even there. I wasn't even in the country, and I still have PTSD. That's well, like, what I'm hoping is that they can grow and mature, and that, you know, the thing that I mentioned during our Pro Ship Andy Ship episode is. Again, I think this is the place where us as fandom elders do mm-hmm. need to carry our slack. I think we let the internet, mm-hmm. you know, we let them be iPad kids. And look what happened. Like, instead of being yeah. active parents, which is what we had. Wow, that was a beautiful mm-hmm. allegory. Good job, Amanda. Um, but, like, <laughs> we let the younger generation be iPad kids. Mm-hmm. Instead of having, like, active fandom role models... That we could, and that's, and that's different from like having to be someone's parent. Like some people want yeah. to be like, you need to curate yourself to any child that could hypothetically show up on your doorstep that was never supposed to be there because they were being neglected, but and you know, not be upset <laughs> about it. No, 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 no. Please, like me- people, I think fandom elders in that sense, you know, quote unquote elders, just need to like do what we're doing now is just when you spread awareness when you talk about it when you provide the resources which Mm -hmm. is like what i what i'm trying to do with like the website that i you're doing it what do you mean trying to do that that website is such uh you know like a god-given because you you know just linking people to fujoshi.info like actually you are wrong why don't you look here it's a right. very and it's like and that's where i've got a lot of people who have been like you know you'll get the people of course who are like i ain't reading all that and then you'll still get people who are just like i didn't know this cool thank you you know yeah. or you know or they'll come back to it like months later you know who knows right. but it's like just having that like resources available can help a lot and keep that healthy boundary between like you know, here's some educational tools, but I'm not your parent, you know? Yeah. And, and don't I, don't idolize adults, you know, that tell you they're safe, etc. you know, blah, 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 you know, and just, like, Just like the read. end of that shock episode. <laughs> what was the last part? Just like the end of that one static shock episode where it's like, don't trust people that oh. like you meet on the internet. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. like, and that's why, like, I'm always your kid with, like, fandom elders, because, like, I, it's like, for me, one of the big mm-hmm. sites that I came from was Gendo. Um, yes. I was a DJ yeah. on Gendo. I modded for Gendo. I met some of the best friends I've ever met on Gendo.com. Mm-hmm. And we had our fandom elders there. Like, some of us were, like, you know, 15 to 12. Some of us were fucking 30, 40, 50 years old at that point. Like, yeah. truly mm-hmm. elders. And while, of course, there were creeps on that site, I'm not naming names, uh, most of our fandom, I have names. I'm not naming names today. Uh, <laughs> today. That's uh, not that kind of episode. That's not what kind of episode we're doing today. But for the most part, it was these people who did know more than we did and were lovingly just trying to. A lot of it also was, and I mentioned ContraPoints earlier, but a lot of it also was almost like it was done out of their own self interest. It's like I'm protecting myself. By making sure that when you go out into the world, you're less cringe. So, like, I grew up with black parents. Uh-huh. That's the whole reason why I was so behaved. It wasn't for me learning any lesson. It was because if mm-hmm. I went out and looked a fool, that made my parents look bad. There was no altruism in my parents raising me the way that they did. It was mm-hmm. they didn't want to look bad. 
So I had to look very, very good. And that was how a lot of our fandom elders treated us. You know, it wasn't that they're doing this to make our lives easier. It was, that was the last thing they needed was a bunch of horny 14 year olds talking about wanting to top a fictional man. (laughs) Good luck with that. I guess. Yeah, Good luck with that. Clearly didn't work. Uh, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just like thinking about like I was in a completely different zone but I was just like in middle school I was like drawing like Yu-Gi-Oh pairings with like and just talking about them with like other people yeah I was too <laughs> at 14 I was writing the worst lemons humanly possible and by- <laughs> I think I can, I can rival them easily because and by know, 16 English, English was- is not my first language <laughs> By 16, I was selling them for money. Oh my god. So like my friends would That's come incredible. To, my friends Popular would come to me and it's like life. I want to rape lemon with like this character and this character. And it's like you got cash. And it's like, yeah. So I was just like slinging like rape fanfic and like bondage and non-con and age gaps and I made pretty decent money doing it. I got paid in a lot of things that weren't money, but I'm, I'll take a chocolate chip cookie to write this Kakashi X Sasuke fanfic for you. <laughs> I, love, I love how ranged our experiences are. I was one of those kids that would like, you know, I was like, is the coast clear? You know, I click on something, but I'll have like my hands near my face in case I need to nope out. And nope. I see something I don't like. I was like, who knows? I had, you know, I Weenie had Hunt Jr. over here. Nope. I had no, I had no <laughs> fandom friends. Uh, and again, like when I first got into, like I got into fan fiction and everything uh, through Team Rocket fix. And like, you know, Baby's <laughs> first ship, Baby's first ship uh, was straight and also canon and love, loves of my life. But I had nobody else to talk to about it except the people on the internet. So I would literally force like my grandma, who is my best friend, to like listen to me rave about this fix that I w- that I was reading and also writing because I had nobody else. I was like, I need you. And she was like, wow. So she led him to the bedroom. Huh? That's uh... <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. When I was in like and ninth I, grade, I, I watched Gravitation with my mom and oh, I watched Suki yes. Show. Suki oh Show! God. How did she take it? Did you yeah. like it? Well, yeah, she she was like, this is fine. You know? But like, clearly. <laughs> Not like all Suki Show, but like at least a couple episodes. That sounds so yeah. nice. My aunt saw an episode of Full Metal Alchemist and said, this is satanic pornography. And it's oh like, you don't know what I'm writing about these characters. You're like, I mean, girl, you're not a But, like, like, I feel like I peaked. Like, my parents, at least my mom, I I don't know. My dad isn't, he doesn't care about anything that isn't uh, his own hobbies. But, uh, so he doesn't know what? what I'm doing half the time. <laughs> but my mom, you know, is like, she, I don't know how much she's known about all of these things I've been getting up to ever since I got into BL, but she's definitely been aware of it. She knows that I write it, you know, she knows that I write these novels. And I feel like I've reached some sort of victory point because not too long ago, she was like, we watched a movie together and she was like, oh, we should do this again soon. Uh, maybe you can show me that that Thai series you talk about no like, you are, are not you my mom was like, my mom no, was to see I will not no I will 
I will fly up there and I will take your mom on the nicest oh, shopping she- weekend. You are not corrupting your mother. She can take it. It's fine. I just have no. to. My, my to, dad proofread my papers for what, for the publishing papers. So he knows all uh, about yeah and like grand so and everything. But I think, you know, the future, <laughs> I think, of course, like anything is going to get darkest before the dawn. That is going to yeah. get a little bit worse before it yeah. gets better. I mean, for the U.S., we're in election year. There yeah. are. Um, Again? Yeah, every four, every years. three years, buddy, and every two years for like something non-presidential. Yeah, I'm not We're, ready. I'm n- neither. Wait, are we. Girl, get in line. Yeah, get in line. None of right? us are ready. It's like the first year where everything's literally like up in the air. I'm like, I don't know yeah. what's gonna happen. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I am saying it right <laughs> now. You have a nice the nominee can be on the ballot. I am opening up the borders for you. Like, if you guys need you. somewhere to, to escape to, I I, I got you. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, be renewing right. my passport this spring. <laughs> yeah, it's time to share my text. Could you imagine me being a citizen of Denmark? No, Through marriage? Fine. No. <laughs> but I think not, it will not get... Not Denmark, no. Okay, go find a Norwegian. Okay, uh, I'll find you a Norwegian. I don't like how threatening that sounded. <laughs> I'm going to be married <laughs> off to the badger that lives in your backyard. Um, <laughs> so I think it will get worse before it gets better. I also think just the benefit of a lot of the shows that are contentious are either wrapping up or the fandom is louder than the haters. Because as much as I love watching my Hero Academia fans tear each other apart, um, because I do, uh, I like to just stay away personally. Like I'm tired. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I, but that fandom is so much louder than the people who mm-hmm. are just incorrect. Like, you know, we have all of these like BL movies that have been coming out, these BL series that are coming out. Like, we are truly mm-hmm. winning. Like, yeah. And that newest, that newest Scarlet Berico book is being, yeah. the, the newest one's being translated in at least 12 languages all at the same time. Right. We're, we're, getting, we're getting to a place where piracy of like, you know, small authors, you know, in that sense, yeah. would be more of a thing of the past. You know, yeah. because like when we were growing up and it's like, you don't know ethics of piracy when you're like 14 and you're like, that's a whole other country away. I barely know anything about, you know, mm-hmm. because otherwise either the book would never be released or it could take two to literally like four or five years until or, it comes know, to the States in that, t- in like yeah. the early 2000s. Or you mm-hmm. live somewhere where it never came out. But I just want to point yeah. out with, with the whole <laughs> Scarlet Medical thing that that is so exciting. And like, it's coming yeah. out in 12 languages and i was like so excited and then it's the u.s release and in europe it's coming in april i'm like we <laughs> 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 don't get it until april but it's the same but it's the english release i don't get it it's the same copy oh, why me <laughs> but like, we're, or, we're order it through amazon english <laughs> yeah yeah i might but yeah. the shipping yeah, but yeah, yeah, I also sure. want to just tack on to before we move on. And, Please. And I'm sorry. I am sorry, Amanda. I have to mention them, but I just want to no, point you out don't. the huge thing that happened this week, which uh-huh. was that the Thai Ministry of Commerce had forced yeah. and backed the new BL series from Beyond Cloud to use it. I saw that to, post. 
yeah to to help push the like the legislation for same-sex marriage equality in mm-hmm. thailand like they are literally using bl and they're being endorsed by the ministry like we are living in amazing times i can't believe this is actually happening and then people are like and again bl doesn't have to be realistic it doesn't have to be activism mm-hmm. but like they are mm-hmm. out there pushing marriage equality they're all intrinsically they're all intrinsically linked it's kind of like how yeah. being queer in itself you know is an act of rebellion yeah, exactly. even when you're yeah. not trying you know to actively like right just yeah, existing and- and I think, so that actually brings up a point, and we'll wrap up because it's been almost two hours, but like, mm-hmm. I remember this like with RuPaul's Drag Race, where Drag Race used to be a show that was almost exclusively watched by queer people, especially queer people of color, and then yeah. in the seasons, it became really, really popular with like cishet fans, especially mm-hmm. young cishet fans, and it lost yeah. a lot of its political and sexual tooth, because you get that conversation again of like, oh, well... You know, we can't expose the children. The children don't need to know about Stonewall. The children don't need to know. (laughs) know, We we don't want to have those uncomfortable interactions. We don't want to talk about the AIDS crisis. We don't want to talk about this. But it's like, but Mm -hmm. drag has always been political. Yeah. Especially drag in the U.S. Being queer Mm -hmm. has always been. Like, there is no apolitical drag queen, which is why the series got so much flack for, like, so I'm not a Maddie Morphosis stan. Maddie Morphosis was the first like cishet queen on the show mm-hmm. and like she's great love her but it's like you are the reason you are everything about modern drag race that queer people hate that you have taken this thing and stripped it of all of its context to just be mm-hmm. man in a wig when it was never just that um but we see that with bl we see that with anime we see that with manga we see that with superheroes and like it went from being mm-hmm. this like really really intimate conversation between marginalized groups you know in our um in our last episode we were talking about you know queer shipping and western fandom space about comic books and how a lot of that were these very very niche conversations had between jewish people between people of color yes other marginalized communities that anime became a lot of that you know again like black Mm -hmm. man who is diasporate who did not feel culturally tethered to the U.S. or to Africa, found exactly. a lot of solace I can in relate fictional to that. Japan. Right. Found a lot of comfort in fictional Japan. So, because as these things got more popular, now we've opened up, but I think two things are going to happen, and these are just my hot takes. One, I think we're going to see a reconquista where especially older and mid-tier fans are going to circle the phalanxes and start pushing out a lot of those voices because we are all tired of having our shit ruined. Mm-hmm. Two, those kids are just going to grow up. And they're going to mm-hmm. realize that they're wrong. Is that going to be the solution for all of them? No. Some of them will eventually metamorphosize into their true form, which is a rad femme or a turf. Mm-hmm. But a I think white supremacist. Or just a full-on trad wife, white supremacist. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of them we'll just grow up. Yeah, and you know, that, yeah. that, that's a thing that's been on my mind for like this part of the conversation mm-hmm. that at some point, unless you have, you know, a mental breakdown when you realize that you don't wake up at 20 <laughs> and you've lost all your interests because yeah. that just magically Life happens. isn't over. No, right. but, you know. you, but you will, you will become a fandom elder. That, yeah. you know, and so cultivate that space for yourself you know like listen to your fandom elders who who have been there and yeah. make you know 
mm-hmm. make the space think, livable for everybody. Yeah. I like, I agree with you guys. And I, I think like, it's like, I, this is what I always hammer home, but it's just like people talking about stuff and bringing, spreading awareness, just awareness about things makes mm-hmm. such a huge difference. Cause you know, when I started out doing this stuff, like three, like three to four years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, about, about four years ago now, like it was in a spot, including for myself, cause it was, it was still unknown territory is like a lot of people were scared, you know, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of people were just like, it was like, well, as long as I stay out of sight, you know, as long as I don't make too much noise, or if I agree with some people on the easy stuff, you know, you get a lot of that with like, Lolly showed up, like discourse, you know, if I take the easy dunk, you know, and I, it's like, well, of course, I hate, you know, this obviously, like, terrible thing in real life, you know, and people just, the more, like, I would start to do research and then mm-hmm. like share things and speak out about things like the more other people would as well mm-hmm. and like people would get interested they're like how can I do my own research and people would sh- I would see people like tag me every so often and share articles I've shared to other people and I've I've visibly noticed the change in the past four years of like people not knowing anything about BL and Fujoshi mm-hmm. to now like there, there could be hundreds of people who will like come in and correct someone who's spreading misinformation or harmful stereotypes, you know, mm-hmm. misogyny and transphobia, homophobia, and they'll just do it themselves. And like, it's like, it makes me feel like it's, it's all worth it, you know, but just the fact of people just speaking up, has made it, I think, so that some people realize their opinions aren't as popular as they thought they were because people were too disorganized and, like, isolated to say anything, mm-hmm. you know? They just didn't have those tools where it's like, well, I know this isn't how, like, fiction works, but, like, I don't know how to, you know, articulate, like, a whole, like, paper. Because, like, I know yeah. some people, like, sent the, the paper, the anti-fan paper I wrote to the therapist. So their therapists would understand, you know, what was happening when they were talking to them about these things. And so, mm-hmm. like, like, that's why I'm optimistic is, like, just, just from, like, the past four years of just what I've been doing, you know, and what you guys have been session have been doing, you know, like, some people talking on panels, running podcasts, etc. Because a, a lot of people who I, you know, hopped on to the hopped on to and was like you know what do you know about this thing and I just kind of gathered all the information that they had and all the things that I found on my own and put them in one spot so that knowledge would not be lost or hard to find and then like everybody just kind of there's a little renaissance you know there is and I mean I I always think about like how different our fan experiences would be if we had the resources that we had today yeah. yeah. I mean, I also don't want to think about the absolute monster I would have become. <laughs> if, you, if you thought my porn writing was bad then, he gives me access to the wider internet. Oh, shit. I'd, I, would, I would be a professional smut writer. I'd be like a full, like a Harle- like Harlequin dime store novelist, <laughs> just writing trashy, like. I will yeah. support you. Um. <laughs> 
Shout out to uh, Quinn, not yet a sponsor, but they do like audio <laughs> versions of like Harlequin stories. So it's just like men moaning into your ear for like, <laughs> several minutes. And I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> you're there, like alone, you're like, cool. How long does this have left? <laughs> are, are there any wet pasta noises in those? I've not heard a single wet pasta noise. <laughs> Thank, Thank God. God. Um, I've, oh I've God. heard wet pasta noises, no awkward churning, no. Uh... <laughs> so it's just, it's just wet and groaning and talking to no one because they're the only voices that are recorded, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, that it's just the one guy. But that, that is like those that is like those uh, Otome K uh, ASMR drama CDs that are just like there's some hot dude talking to you and you're supposed to be the like the receiver. I don't like those. I'm not I an anime like, clink. I don't want that. I sometimes <laughs> click on those because I think they're BL and then I realize no, this is one dude and it is AM. You're like they're being perceived! And it's AM. You're like nope out. As a woman, I'm like, this is not like you. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, like, don't like, perceive. Where is the other man? Where is the other man? <laughs> literally us. Uh, I've had a great time talking about this topic. We could literally oh be God. here all day, and I'm excited. This is that wonderful, Sam, and I'm excited that Sam will be joining us on our live towards the yeah. end of the month because we again <laughs> we can talk about this topic for hours. Uh, Sam, is there anything that you'd like to promote? Is there any projects um, that you're working on? Well, the core thing that I always, you know, I always like to promote is just the website mm -hmm. where I put all the resources, which was www.fujoshi.info. Mm -hmm. And that's the main thing on there is like at the very top, you'll find the full database of site resources, which is where I basically put every source I've ever found and come across red, etc., mm -hmm. that I found useful or relevant in any way to all of these purity, BL, LGBTQ, mm -hmm. um, feminism, etc., um, human rights discussions, and I mm -hmm. put them all there. And so far, we have almost 400 resources. That's amazing. That site Woo! is amazing. And yeah. if you haven't visited yet, please, please do. Yes. Um, genuinely one of the best resources that I've seen on the modern internet. Um, yeah. It reminds me of the days of old because <laughs> we're both old. Uh, <laughs> Carl yeah. and I are well, it's like, And it's like, it's like spreadsheets are my passion, you know. It's just a spreadsheet <laughs> that's got all the data in there. And we but appreciate it. Yeah, and I think it is so easily accessible as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like as much as I love academic texts and, you know, reading actual research, it is something about like having like an archive like that that is so, you know, so accessible to anyone. And I have like, anywhere. I have some quotes, you know, excerpts yeah. copy pasted that I, things I found most important, you know, then I'll link to the full thing. But just like yeah. four pieces to pull out of them for people and to have, like, get those bite sized like, elements. Yeah, and like the you have like a glossary of you know what means what and mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah, very, very useful. It's 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 fun to tend. It's like yeah, like I suck at gardening, so this is the next best thing. Like, <laughs> like website gardening and like knowledge, you know, knowledge farming, <laughs> knowledge farming. Yes, 
you know, so I got it and refined it over the over the months and years. Got to put that English degree to good use, but it's been <laughs> it's been truly phenomenal to have you on, Sam. We appreciate yeah. you so much. Uh, this is the part of the show where we thank our patrons over on patreon.com. I am still not reading out names because we did have an issue where one of our patrons said, hey, please stop reading out my legal name. And I was like, oh, shit. So here's your chance to uh, update your names in Patreon so I can go back to reading them out because we appreciate all of you. Uh, also, your Patreon support helps us buy gifts for our guests. We usually send our guests a little something. So if you'd like to support the show, uh, you can do so at patreon.com slash Patrons get an exclusive video every single month on top of the regularly scheduled programming, behind-the-scenes looks, and more information, including uh, our last patron video, which was me fighting off lawnmowers and finally getting my voice back. <laughs> it was wild. It was wild. Um, remember, your engagement helps us out a lot. And be sure to like, comment, ships, subscribe, and share. Share, scribe. Um, share, scribe. Crowa, what are we talking about? What are we talking about next month? Oh my god, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this little thing in our outline because I think it's so well written. Oh, thank god. you. I read that. I think it's funny, guys. Hop aboard the SS Gaslight. We're going to be talking about piracy, monopolies, and the history of piracy as part of BL and Yowie fandom and the fan experience. So put on your pirate hats. Yep. So put on your pirate hats. We're finally talking about it. We've been, I was going to say we've been edging this topic, and I don't like the image <laughs> that that brought to mind. We've been discussing this topic. But you don't like edging pirates now? Personally, I think it sounds... Uh... This reminds I me that I haven't seen season two of Our Flag Means Death yet. I don't like I what you just put that. into my brain, and this is your fault. And Stay I on topic, girl. I don't dedicated, like ded dedicated to me. I don't like that. <laughs> I still have to finish that boy slut airy fake. Leave me alone. Yeah, but I have emotional damage related to that one. <laughs> God, I have like 30 BL on my shelf that I have to read. I look Oh, yeah, you have emotional like, damage, but you still I, read it and liked it. I have plenty. I did. Yeah, I don't will. I could go like no, but yeah. If you follow me on Twitter or Insta, <laughs> I went through a lot of emotional trauma today watching yesterday's episode of Dead Friend Forever. Um, so I'm not yeah, okay. Sounds like a fun time. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I to talk about it. Because, <laughs> yeah, we've been mentioning piracy and monopolies and just how integral piracy was yeah as a part of the early fan experience something that i think especially younger fans probably don't understand is just mm -hmm. how fucking vital it was to be a pirate back in those days uh so i'm excited to talk about especially in this new and changing media landscape where we have the worst monopolies i've ever seen yeah just the I worst mean, monopolies the intention was probably good but what we got uh is not the intention was never good. Okay. Yeah, it's me. You're, right. You're right. Never mind. It's, I was it, it, it's like it's like up. one of those blobs in like a, a, a movie or a monster game that just absorb oh, absorb. Yeah. You know? And you're just like, please, yeah. somebody kill it already. Yeah. <laughs> legislation, help me, save me, legislation. Legislation, <laughs> legislation, <laughs> save me. Remember in. Enshrined in our constitution is a clause <laughs> where black people are still three-fifths of a regular person. I know. 
the very least, we can still blame Ronald Reagan for most of our problems. I can blame Ronald Reagan for whatever I want. If I'm having a bad day, it's Ronald Reagan's fault. I yeah, I, I mean, honestly. If I have I a mean, flat tire, it's Reagan's fault. It wasn't even our president. I, you know, I still blame him. Everything the U.S. <laughs> does affects the rest Ronald of the world. Reagan. So, yeah. like, thank you. And then, like, we're over here, like, oh, excuse me, Britain, when Britain's like, yeah, those guys are fucked up. I'm like, how do you think this happened? Right. <laughs> And also, don't you guys have acid and knife attacks? It's like, at least I don't have to send, <laughs> at least I don't have oh, to send no. my kid to school with a bulletproof backpack. Yeah, you guys just get stabbed. A lot. And then men throw acid at women. Yeah. So, you know, different, but also the same. Anyway. That's how it encompasses to the discussion of everybody's got their own dirt in the closet they need to clean out first. Absolutely. But... <laughs> I had a Mind your business. Yeah, I'm talking about this with Sam. I'm so glad that we had Sam on the show. <laughs> I'm excited to join us in our live, where we will, I'm sure, answer more questions in our Patreon episode. Yeah, we will be. Dis- what are we talking about in Patreon? Uh, I cannot remember for the life of me. I will be back. <gasps> I'm Sam. so glad. I'm so glad. Uh, let me see. I have to pull up our one of our five calendars in Patreon. Of course, I don't have anything listed. We'll figure it out. Thank you for having me. Oh, any day. Like, any was, day. Please. This please was literally the easiest choice we could have ever made. <laughs> like, bother um, me anytime. If, if, if our audience wants to follow Sam, uh, where can they do that? Yes. You can do that at. Can they see my name scrolling at the bottom there? They sure can. It was, and on Twitter is at Sam Aburme, and as well as Blue Sky. Yes. And Rainy Studios, one word on Tumblr, et cetera. If you care about my art, well, most people don't even know I draw, and that's fine. We know about your art. Huh? We know about your art. We care about your art. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know what you do. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, but we will also include all of that information in the description yep. below. Uh, I had such a great time dis- dis- discussing this topic. Uh, uh, it's just, it's so good to be back. It's so good to have my voice. It's so good to be feeling better. And, you know, what a great way to kick off Black History Month and everything else that's going on. Hell yeah. Yeah. Black History Month, where, of course, we get the shortest month of the year. <laughs> At least it, it, it has one more, one more day this year. Ooh. Yep. And we still have to share it with other groups. Um, yeah. <laughs> we already we get the shortest month, and then we have it's to like share it. Right. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.